with a bunch of crazy dogs and have some fun. Ladies and gentlemen, what is up? Que pasa? Coming to you from the Costa Nostra studios. I'm Matty Buller, fresh from his Mexican vacation, and thank you for tuning in to Almost Wise Guys. This is our look at the marquee games for Week 15 across the NFL, including Saturday's games and a Sunday and Monday nighter. Uh, Andy's got a sandwich game. I got money line Matty picks, but first, with me as always from Almost Wise Guys Central, it's Andy the Prognosticator Attridge. Hey, buddy. Hey, uh, welcome home, man, to the land of the ice and snow. Yeah. Tough to go from 28 degrees down to minus two and snow. <laughs> well, we kept the home fires burning, and I'm doing as well as I possibly can. I usually go how the 49ers go, and right now they're kicking ass, and well, they're kicking ass. They're too busy kicking ass to do anything else. It's pretty interesting that uh, coming in for a model slash actor slash quarterback, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, you got Brock Purdy. Um, doing the job, man. He could lead him to the promised land as long as that defense keeps doing what it does. Oh, dude! Like, uh, honestly, the uh, the the Brock Purdy Christmas ornament has now been ordered from Amazon. And boy, <laughs> now I, I can't put it at the top of the tree like I'd like because it's really heavy. If you know what I mean, so it's got to go on one of the lower boughs. What is it, son? I don't know, sir, but it looks like a giant dick. Yeah. Take a look out of starboard. Oh my God, it looks like a huge... Pecker! Oh, yeah. Wait, that's not a woodpecker. It looks like someone's... Private! We have reports of an unidentified flying object. It is a long, smooth shaft, complete with two balls. What is that? That looks just like an enormous... Wang, pay attention. I was distracted by that enormous flying... Willie. Yeah. What's that? Well, it looks like a giant Johnson. Yeah, he's got what that the kids call that big dick energy. Walk up swinging his dick. Big dick, big balls. Uh, first guy to, first rookie to beat Tom Brady in his first game ever. First Mr. Irrelevant ever to throw a touchdown pass. This guy's on fire. He's on fire. Yep, and uh, I hope it stays that way. So, uh, like the Niners have so many weapons. It's hard for them to just key on Purdy because if they do, the running game will lead him alive because all he's got to really do is be throwing swing passes and short crossing routes and stuff. The, the receivers will do the work after the catch. Yep. Tell us something we don't know, motherfucker. Michael Jordan, famous athlete. I know this isn't football, but the guy's got so many championships and accolades, but he's still adding them after long after retirement. Uh, but this time, rather than receiving the trophy... This guy is the trophy after the NBA unveiled the Chicago Bulls legend as the face of its latest most valuable player award. So Roger Goodell, as always, is ahead of the curve. He reads the sports pages and uh, we'll be introducing some new awards in the NFL next season. So Andy sorted it out. Here are the top five newest awards, what they are for and for whom they are named. Number five. Lawrence Taylor Award given to the defensive player who tests positive with the highest amount of cocaine in his system on any given game day. You write, I'd go through an ounce a day. There were times I'd be standing in the huddle, and instead of thinking what defense we were playing, I'd be thinking about smoking crack after the game. Well, like, well, you gotta understand though, uh, 
It didn't affect my play. Hey, Sula, you better hope I never get back in there. I will kick your Number four. The Dan Snyder Award will go to the executive who best displays the values of misogyny, racism, and arrogance that has come to define the NFL. Just my feeling, I think what the league would love is for Snyder to sell the team. Not have to go to a vote, but just sell the team. Because it's become a major problem around the league, obviously. And we'll see what happens. I think it's got a long way to go, and Dan, very well known for digging his heels into the ground. Number three. Antonio Cromartie Award is for the active player with the most children by more than one woman. Yeah, Alonzo, who is five. I have um, Karis, who is three. I have my my junior, which is three. I have a my daughter, who just turned three as of yesterday. Um, I have another son named Tyler. That's uh, he turns three in December. I got another uh, daughter that was born October 16th, named London. Uh, another daughter that was born named Leilani, who's uh, two years old. And uh, I have uh, my newborn with my wife. Her name is Jersey. Number two. The Nate Newton Award will go to the player with the largest net weight gain during the regular season. Nate Newton was described as a little bit overweight, uh, <laughs> but he wasn't a little bit overweight. He was a lot overweight. If William Perry is the fridge, this guy's got to be the kitchen. And now, the number one. The Orenthal James Simpson Award will be handed out every year on Thanksgiving Day to the player who carves the best turkey. Guys, let's go to Kevin, I believe, in New Jersey. Kevin, what's your question for OJ? Um, my, kid, my kid Chris was wondering, do you think it was a bigger feat to break 2,000 yards in one season or slice two necks in one night? All right, Andy, let's fire this up. Yeah, man, let's fire it up. All right, it's the holiday season. That means Saturday football is back. And it's not college football. It is the big boys playing. Uh, Cleveland playing host to Baltimore. It's a big division rivalry right here. Cleveland two and a half point favorites. 37 and a half is the over under. And uh, dude, this game is uh, this game is big for both teams. Huge for both teams. I don't think either one of them are going to catch up with the Bengals. Uh, the total has come down almost five full points, which is due to the weather forecasting over 15 mile an hour winds and temperatures just around freezing. Now, what's complicating matters even more is the uncertainty of backup quarterback Tyler Huntley, who still remains in concussion protocol after being forced out of last week's win in Pittsburgh. So this sets the stage for possibly another appearance by rookie Anthony Brown, who took over their offense after Huntley got hurt, completing three of five passes for 16 yards and no scores. What could Brown do for you? They're without Lamar Jackson, but after seeing them rush for, uh, what was it, 215 yards and a touchdown against a great Steelers defense, well, not great maybe, but above average 
Steelers defense. I'm thinking they got a shot to at least control the pace of this game, which when you got wins over 15 miles an hour, you're the away team. That is a great strategy to have. The Browns defense is allowing 5.2 yards a carry to opponents. So this this could be a recipe for a Ravens upset. I think so. I'm a l- I guess I shouldn't be that surprised that they're underdogs. Uh, Tyler Huntley, you know, we, the way we saw him last year kind of looked like a, a mirror image of the way Lamar Jackson plays. He's certainly not Lamar Jackson. Uh, but if Brown gets the call to make his first start, it's likely going to be a pretty busy day for the Ravens' backfield, particularly J.K. Dobbins, who's coming off a buck 20 performance last Sunday. Yeah, and only 15 attempts. Yeah, no, he the guy is on fire. I, it's funny, I was never really a big fan of that guy as a running back, but certainly proved me wrong last week. Gus the bus just under 70 yards last week as well. Yeah, that's right. The Ravens, well, they're going to have to rely on that defense to contain the Browns' attack. But really, I mean, their, their defense is number two in the league, only behind my 49ers against the rush. So... It's not like Watson's playing out of his mind in his two starts since he's been back. I, I don't know, man. I, I I don't I don't really care who's under center for the for the Ravens. I think it's going to just be a tough day all, all around for the Browns and a divisional game like this. I don't know. I kind of see this one creeping up if. Um, if Huntley is ruled out, it'd probably creep over a, a field goal, in which case I'm really going to like the Ravens. Yeah, the Ravens defense, top 10 in sacks, and has held opposing offenses to under 100 yards rushing in the last six straight games. This is the franchise that showed that defense can win a Super Bowl because Trent Dilfer has a Super Bowl ring. <laughs> and I'm not saying they're going on to win the Super Bowl, but... Sometimes the quarterback isn't as important if you've got the other pieces. I think in this game, with the weather, the way it's going to be, uh, and Nick Chubb's not playing very well right now, I'm going to take the Ravens, and they're my money line Maddie pick this week. Oh! Oh! I'm I'm just going to buttress your point here for a second. The Ravens' pass rush has limited opposing quarterbacks to one or no touchdown passes in eight of its last 10 games. And in the past eight weeks, they've recorded 30 sacks. So, yeah, couldn't agree with you more. Let's go Ravens. Well, if you're going to agree with me, buttress away, Andy. Buttress away. Get a room, you two. We're in a room. Well, then lose some weight. Yeah. In 1995 to 2020, break the streets. Yeah. The faith in every season for the team, because I believe. Taught me no matter how many times you're down, do not accept defeat. You feel like number 17. You got me feeling like I'm Josh Allen. Yeah. What? You got me feeling like I'm Josh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, okay, you got me feeling like I'm Josh Allen. Yeah. Up next, an incredibly important game in the AFC East. And amazingly, the New England Patriots aren't in it. It's the Buffalo Bills. Seven and a half point favorites against the visiting Miami Dolphins. 42 is your over under here. Miami, eight and five overall, three and four away. Six, seven and oh against the spread. Buffalo, 10 and three overall. Five and one at home, six, six and one uh, against the spread. Miami won the last meeting between these two division rivals. Uh, that was back in week three, but that was also at home. Here's my question. Can they do it in the cold and windy Orchard Park 
where they arrive on a two-game losing streak and where Tua has put up back-to-back sub-80 QBR performances? Well, I think the reason for those sub-QBR performances has to do with their offensive line, which hasn't been healthy since they played the 49ers, well, three weeks ago now. Um, So this is their third consecutive road game. In what you would consider a hostile environment, uh, both from a spectator and a weather perspective, and in fact, one in which they've lost nine of the past 10 visits to Orchard Park. So Miami's going to be an underdog of more than a touchdown for the first time since, wait for it, November of last season. And Tyreek Hill, he accounted for both of the Dolphins' touchdowns in last week's loss to the Chargers. Uh, obviously that broken play where he recovered the fumble and ran it in for a 57-yard score. But he, l- he later left the game with an ankle injury and is not certain to suit up on Saturday. And then uh, Miami's other top receiving threat, Jalen Waddle, has caught only three passes in the Dolphins' last two games. Well, and Tyree Kill was targeted 10 times but only made four catches. Yeah, it's, it was weird. He's actually the... I believe he's the first player to score a touchdown receiving, rushing, punt return, kick return, and off a fumble. So five different ways. Now, Buffalo's offense, they're, they have to get back on track as well. Uh, they were held last week to a season-low 232-yard performance, 14 first downs, and that was only a 20-12 to victory over the Jets, and that... The Jets were lucky to get 12. Allen only threw for 147 yards. Fourth straight game and sixth and seventh where he's managed 253 or fewer yards through the air. Stefan Diggs just got three balls for 37 yards. Well, in the last five games, the Bills have covered uh, seven and a half points three out of the five times. Mm -hmm. The teams they failed to do so against were the Vikings and the Lions, two teams with pretty high-powered offenses. So if Tua can get the offense rolling, they should, like you were saying about the Jets earlier there, I mean, you can keep it tight. Seven and a half points is a lot for a division rivalry, especially when you're talking about the weather as well. I like Miami to cover here, although it's really tough to go against Buffalo at Orchard Park. So where was Tua born? Hawaii. And where did he play college? Uh, Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. So between his college career and his NFL career, do you know how many games he has started where the temperature was below freezing? That None. This will be the first one. Is it really? It's the first one. You know what, Andy? I'm flip-flopping like a politician when he knows where the wind's blowing because, uh, yeah, weather plays a huge impact in this game. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take the... I'm going to take the Bills. Well, I, as happy as I am to get you to switch, because actually this line opened at six and a half. It's now flipped to seven and a half. Obviously, that's a huge one-point difference going across the touchdown, but... You know, this is not a mortgage payment type of bet here. So, just you know, word of caution. But gun to my head, I'm taking the bills here. I think I think it's just a good spot for them to get back on track and sort of reestablish their supremacy in the AFC. Go Bills! Squish the fish. Hold the emails. I know dolphins are mammals, but you know, squish the fish.
Up next, we head to my account. It's Da Bears. Da Bears. Da Bears. Versus the Philadelphia Eagles. The Bears are at home. Nine point underdogs. 48 and a half is your total. Uh, one thing's for sure. I, I, I like this total to go over. The Bears can't uh, cover a sleeping baby. And... Uh, they can score a lot of points now. They just won't win the game. So definitely look at the over. But I'm biased. I always think the Bears are going to cover. So uh, let's uh, see what my man, the prognosticator, says. What do you think about this game, Andy? So we're looking at plus nine right now. It started around plus eight. Uh, keep in mind that the Eagles had clinched a playoff spot, first team to do so last week against division rivals, the Giants, in East Rutherford. Next week, they traveled to Dallas and play a primetime game on Christmas Eve at Scrooge's World. And that pretty much makes this... It's an almost wise, guys. Sandwich game! What are you? An idiot sandwich. So, these two teams first faced off against each other in November of 1933 at the Baker Bowl in Philadelphia, which they shared with the Phillies. Tied an onion to my belt. Which was the style at the time? 90 years of history, and they really don't play each other that often, as in four times in the past decade, and only one of those was at Soldier Field. By the way, the Bears hold the edge, uh, 29-13-1 and in the series. That inaugural game, just so you know, 90 years ago, uh, featured a 30-year-old Red Grange and ended in a 3-3 tie. Side note, Tom Brady was redshirting with the team at the time. I'm 45 years old, man. There's a lot of shit going on. But I do expect a much higher scoring affair in this one with the Bears. But keeping it closer than seven. If Eagles fans have any reason for concerns these days, it remains their defense's inability to stop the run. Philadelphia allowed the Giants to rush for 128 yards last week, allowing 4.7 yards per carry. The most among any team currently in a playoff position. The Bears, by contrast, are number one in the league in rushing. By a lot, by the way, at over 189 yards per game. And in fact, that number goes up to almost 214 when they're at home. So look for David Montgomery to have a big day on the ground. The priority for the Eagles in the next few weeks is, A, first get the first round by. But more importantly, keeping their skilled players healthy for the playoffs. And this is literally the spoiled meat for the Eagles in the middle of a three-game road trip. And in the NFL, you don't get any extra points for double-digit wins. I'm looking for the Bears to keep this one close. So that's my sandwich game. And I would invite players from both teams to go down to Johnny's Beef in Elmwood Park. This sandwich is Chicago's greatest one-two punch. First, take the beef, which is roasted in-house. That supremely tender beef is paired with a sausage that's been grilled over live charcoal. So it adds some bite. It's all loaded into a roll and topped off with roasted peppers and ginardaria, which give it some zip. The finishing touch is a quick dip in gravy for a beefy slam dunk. The result is unbeatable. Juicy, smoky, sweet, pecan, and unbelievably messy. It's Chicago in one bite. If you're going to eat a sandwich, 
You would just enjoy it more if you knew no one had fucked it. Sunday night, a big NFC East matchup. Uh, Washington playing host to the New York Giants. Washington four and a half point favorites at home. 40s your total. The Commanders coming off a bye, but the team they played last was the G-Men, and that was a 2020 tie. It certainly was, and that was yeah, only two weeks ago. The G-Men had to come back to make that 2020, by the way. But the insertion of Taylor Heineke into the starting QB role proven pretty fruitful for Washington. He's posted a 5-1-1 record this season as a starter, continues to get the job done. The last game against the Giants, he racked up 275, a pair of TDs, and completing 27-41. However, he was sacked five times by the Giants and posted the worst QBR of his season. In order to take some of the weight off his shoulders, Brian Robinson Jr. will be giving... I think they're going to give him a, a, a big dose of attempts in the backfield. Yeah, they're definitely going to want to do that if they want to want to beat New York. This is a really tough game. I mean, Washington, 3-3 three and three at home. So they're definitely beatable within their friendly confines, and the Giants are 3-2 and two away. That's an above 500 away record. Add to that that you've got... Uh, it's a division rivalry, a big weekend. These these G-men are going to be up for this. I think three, maybe three and a half would be the proper spread for this game. You know, this is, this is really similar to the AFC East game that we spoke of earlier between Miami and Buffalo. Again, division game near the end of the season, second time they played each other. It's a spread that you're just... You don't feel good about taking either side, really, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Like I, When I look at the Giants side of the ball, okay, of course they've got Saquon Barkley, but they're going to have to have um, a decent uh, performance by the receiving core. Like Richie James or Darius Slayton, someone, someone's got to step up. And it doesn't matter how strong the rushing attack is. If it's one-dimensional, you'd simply stick seven guys in the box and take it from there if you're the professional football team from Washington. And I, I, think, I think the Washington team has a higher ceiling than the Giants do. So if both give their best performance, I think that Washington covers that four and a half. Uh, so that's what I'm going to hope for. The one thing that you weren't talking about, dude, was uh, Daniel Jones being the wild card. Yeah. When he has a great game, he has a great game. He connects. Like You're not going to expect him to throw for 350 and three touchdowns. But he's like a, a white kid from Duke that's got some wheels. Like When he starts making plays with his legs and Barkley's on, and then he makes those timely throws where they get the key first downs. The Giants play classic uh, visiting team football. I am taking them as another bonus. Merry fucking Christmas. A week early. Moneyline Matty pick. 
Oh! Oh! We're gonna have the hap, hap, happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap dance with Danny fucking K. All right, the only thing that I will throw into that mix as a wild card, which you mentioned Danny Dimes is, Chase Young looks like he's probably gonna play in this game. And if that's the case, Danny Dimes can just sit in the backfield and, uh, you know, wait to be looking up at the stars by the end of the game. So it is a night game, right? Yeah, up at the stars. So, yeah, still sticking with uh, the professional football team from Washington. It was at this moment he knew he fucked up. Well, the Minnesota Vikings been known to lose a game or two. Chicago's got the Bears, but Lord, who cares? Them fans are always feeling blue. And the fans of the Lions are always crying because the boys are always out of luck. But everybody knows that the Packers suck. Finally, Monday night. We go to Green Bay to the frozen tundra, which is now probably sufficiently frozen this late in December. Seven and a half is what the Packers are favored by, and the L.A. Rams, that surprisingly hapless L.A. Rams coming to town. 40 is your total. Before we even get to this game, Jared Goff playing lights out right now in Detroit, distributing the ball. Now, you, you can't really fault the Rams they won a Super Bowl but long term I wonder if that really sunk their franchise um you know they got one Super Bowl ring out of Matt Stafford which is one more than they've ever had so absolutely I know that you got the Super Bowl and that's what matters uh I I just with their I guess the problem is right now it's not even really Stafford like I mean he's not playing great no well he's out right like well, yeah, he's out, but I mean, throughout this season. You were season, in Mexico at the he, time, but Baker Mayfield had one of the most inspiring performances I've ever seen on a primetime game. He came in when it was 16-3, uh, 10 minutes left in the fourth quarter, and by the time it was all said and done, it was fourteen or sorry, 17-16. For the- now, I was watching that the next morning on ESPN Deportes. And uh, it did. It was actually very impressive. What actually impressed me about Baker Mayfield was this guy's obviously playing for his life and his job in the NFL right now, not even as a starter, but just to stay in the league. And he looked every time they showed the camera on him, he looked so calm and he was poised and he was making decisions that were smart decisions. If that's the Baker Mayfield that shows up for them the rest of the year, like they might have something. It's just he has not been consistent with that. Well, you know, on the frozen tundra of the sidelines, will he be wearing a coat or a cape? That's really the first question you have to ask yourself. And the Packers still have an outside chance of making the playoffs. In fact, they they could get as high as the sixth seed. The Rams, however, are playing for pride at this point. Sean McVay does not want to have the dubious distinction of being the worst team in the NFL following a Super Bowl win. Well, he's got the right now. He's the owner of the Sean McVay Award for coach with the hottest wife. Oh, right. Yes. Straight up rocket, that one. Boy, caliente. It's going to be cold. The fans are going to be loud. And Rogers is going to want to quieten his critics and the negative chatter that's not only around the team, but the whole league. God damn it. Can I, would it surprise you if Bakhtiari doesn't play? It would not surprise me. And do you know the reason why he's not playing? And why would that be, Andy? He has an appendix issue this week. 
Hmm. Is that guy ever in the lineup? I'm sorry. I, I know he's an all-world, all-pro, everything else. But, dude, man, uh, availability is your best avail- ability, and he's just never in the lineup. Are you injured or are you hurt? What does that mean? Well, if you're hurt, you can still play. If you're injured, you can't. Hey, I got a trivia question for you. Sure, shoot away, man. How many games this season have the Packers won by more than three points? None. Erroneous. It's happened twice. It is, okay. They did it in September against your Bears. Ah, yes. They did it in November against your Bears. (laughs) Why are you bringing up old shit? But anyway, so the Packers, my point is, they, they don't win by a lot often. Uh, the, obviously, the only thing that concerns me here is the temperature and the weather. Uh, it's not supposed to be very cold, slightly below freezing, nothing more than that. I don't know. With the Rams and the way Akers has been playing recently, I, I don't know. I, I think they can cover the seven. I really do. Well, Baker played in Cleveland. That's cold. I, I, I agree with you. If Green Bay wins this, they're not covering that spread. I'm going with the Rams as well. All right, and keep in mind, it's you know the total's forty, so let's not expect a lot of scores here. Everybody knows that the Packers suck. And finally, we head to the teaser portion of our program, where Andy and I give you a six-point teaser we like. What are you saying this weekend, Andy? Well, the first leg is going back to a game that we've already discussed, and that is the one in Cleveland against the Ravens. And I'm going to tease that up to 44. So take it under 44. So backup QB, as we mentioned, Tyler Huntley is about 50-50 to start because he's still in the concussion protocol. So enter, enter Anthony Brown, who, as I also mentioned, has three career completions for exactly 16 yards. And minus one and a half yards rushing to boot. And on the other side of the ball, Deshaun Watson, not exactly lighting the world up on fire since his return. Nick Chubb will be running uphill against the second-ranked rushing defense with the Ravens. And couple that with some windy weather, 44 points, going to be a tall order. Second leg of the teaser, Arizona Cardinals, even without Kyler Murray, take them to plus nine with Colt McCoy at the helm. You know, expect a huge dose of James Conner. And let's consider that the Broncos have only cracked 23 points once, and that was scoring 28 last week against the Chiefs, meaning that Zona simply has to score two TDs in this one to cover that teaser. So to sum up, Ravens-Browns under 44, and the card's up to plus nine. All right, I'm doing a prime time pre-Christmas weekend teaser here, and my first so obviously will be Sunday night, the NFC East matchup with the Washington Commanders taking on the New York Giants at home. Washington, four and a half point favorites. I like the Giants here, so I definitely like them if I could take them from plus four and a half to plus ten and a half going through the key numbers of seven and ten. And for the second leg of my teaser, we go to the frozen tundra where the Packers play host to the Rams. They are seven-point favorites, so I like taking the Rams to plus 13 as uh, Green Bay has not been blowing people out this year. He's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. 
Well, thank you for listening to week 15 of Almost Wise Guys. If you like what you heard, make sure you hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or SoundCloud, and then you won't miss a show. You can also hit us up on our website, almostwiseguys.com, for additional content and picks from all week 15 games across the NFL. From the Cosa Nostra studios for Andy the Prognosticator Attridge, back at Almost Wise Guys Central, I'm Matty Buller. Get out and pick yourself a winner. If you liked our podcast, please share it with a friend. If you hated it, please share it with two cheeseheads. Tune in next week at the same bet time on the same bet channel. Sayonara. Washington Commander. I'm a Washington Commander. I'm a Washington Commander. I'm a Washington Commander. Who ready? 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 Commando, we don't play, we execute. Come in, stomping in our boots. Who want the smoke up on her two? DMV up in DC. DSGP, it's your homie Jack T. Rep the Golden Burger, Neyland. Neyland overtaking over. We got boulders on our shoulders. We ain't stopping to it's over. Crushing Bama's game over. Yeah, we do this for our city. We don't do this for the clock. Yeah, we represent our truck. That's what commanders all about. Washington Commander I'm a Washington Commander I'm a Washington Commander I'm a Washington Commander Who ready? Take a man.